Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. This is Boxing with Chris Manning. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, as promised, special bonus podcast coming to you from Glendale, Arizona, the site of Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez. Eddie Hearn is going to join me to talk about the Sonny Bam fight. He's going to weigh in on the future of Devin Haney, get into the Saudi Arabia card as well. A lot to get into with Eddie Hearn. And then later, Sonny Edwards himself, the IBF 112-pound champion. He talks about some of the strategies he's got for Saturday against Bam Rodriguez and why he thinks he is the significantly better fighter. Stick around for all that and much more. Eddie Hearn, Sonny Edwards, coming to you now here on the podcast. Well, something special is going down at UFC 296, and DraftKings Sportsbook is helping you come out on top in this epic bout between Colby Covington and Leon Edwards. And over at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make any bet you want when it comes to this fight. From method of victory to what round it finishes in, DraftKings has everything you need for UFC 296. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code MANIX. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York... Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 887-897-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire in 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash MMA for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Eddie Hearn is here. Matchroom Boxing, we are here in Glendale, Arizona. The weather is warm. The sun is shining. 
Sonny Edwards got his Phoenix Suns tickets. So <laughs> the fight's on. The fight is on. I got to tell you, Eddie, if you didn't get him those tickets, there's like at least a 25% chance he would have pulled out. Yeah, but he definitely would have done no media. Like He would have just gone to the press conference, said nothing. Like This is a situation where I was in a car with him, and we were negotiating the BAM fight. This is like six months ago. And he was like, I'll, yeah, I'll do it, but don't forget, when I go there, all I want is courtside tickets. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, don't worry, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll work that out. I don't, need, don't even remember the conversation. And then, obviously, the, like the last week, the mess, you know, if we don't get these tickets, it's going to be a problem. And I'm like, we changed venues. We were supposed to be at the, ven- like at the arena of the, the Phoenix Suns. And we changed a, to like a rival venue. So now I've got no leverage to get the tickets. Now I'm phoning around. I'm speaking to like resale agents trying to get the best price on two tickets he's cost me like a few thousand dollars <laughs> just to give him the tickets you know but there you go we're, you did, we're here. Th- that was on you though because I, I when we were in orlando for the kickoff press conference Sonny knows that i'm also an nba guy and he was telling me he's like eddie promised me courtside tickets mm-hmm. eddie this was months ago so you definitely did that you but stepped in it I, I, I think i do that a lot and our team <laughs> always come to me and say did you promise x and i'm like i can't remember probably is the answer <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Sonny and Bam. You've got a massive event next weekend in Saudi Arabia, but I want to look back first on this past weekend. Devin Haney, dominant decision win over Regis Program. I want to talk about the event itself. You sold out the Chase Center, more than 16,000 fans in that building, low seven-figure gate for that building. I know you're not going to talk specifics on pay-per-view numbers, but when you look back at the event as a whole – if you had to rate it, like, scale from 1 to 10, 1 being a total catastrophe, mm. 1 being a massive success, where would you put it on that scale? I mean, commercially, like, I'm, I'm pretty honest. And someone sort of criticized me in the week where I said, I don't think the fight was as big as Haney against Loma. Mm. And that's because, with all respect to Regis, like, he's a very good world champion, but he doesn't have the profile of Lomachenko, who's been fighting for years and years in big fights on ESPN. Like, that's just natural. But one, you know, the commercials of the event were very similar to Haney Lomachenko. The gate was probably a little bit smaller, but a lot more people. The pay-per-view won't be dissimilar. Time we've finished. So I think commercially the event was a success. Promotionally, it was a 10 out of 10. And I think perception was a 10 out of 10. You know, there's, there's been a, a sort of narrative that people spin for a long time about Devin Haney that the kid don't sell. He's not a star. You know, and people always try and clutch onto straws when there's a really good talent that you might not want to fight. When you go to a city that hasn't had boxing for two decades and sells 16,000 tickets, and you know, the haters might say, yeah, but, you know, it was $60 in the top tier. So what? Like... It's, it, nowadays, it seems to be like a boast that the tickets were so expensive. Like I saw Javante come out and go, yeah, well, my tickets were like average price of $400. Oh, great. Well done. Mm-hmm. That's a real great way to connect with the fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so Devin's still building. Devin's still growing, but he's in a great position. And I think for us, commercially, it couldn't have gone much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you imagine if we would have sold six, 7,000, the people coming out of the woodwork. Oh, Devin doesn't sell. Matchroom don't know how to promote. All of a sudden, you sell out a new arena, and it's like, oh, well, the tickets weren't very expensive. Mm. So you can never win. Mm. But I think all round, you know, it was a big success, and a big success for the career of Devin Haney. You've started to do pay-per-views in the U.S. over the last couple of years, as DAZN has. What do you, how do you look at them? Because, look, people still want to see the fights, but I find the piracy is as 
potent as ever before. I had so many conversations after the Haney fight about people talking to me about it. Then I'd ask them, like, did you buy it? Like, no, I mm. streamed it on X or I watched it on TikTok. Or, mm. like, how big a problem is that? Because you want to do pay-per-views to meet the asking price of these fighters, but has piracy made it almost impossible to to make it profitable? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, right, you only had to look across social media and the, the conversations in that digital space, and particularly across, like, trending names and words and it was all over like it was number one like mm -hmm. Andy Cruz would fight number one trend in the UK number three trend in America mm -hmm. right so say that the pay-per-view did a hundred thousand right just putting a number out mm -hmm. of the sky do you honestly think only a hundred thousand people no. watch that fight I mean that and that is a problem moving forward and it's it's only going to take away from the fighters no one wants to pay additional money to watch a fight. Mm. But as we know, the only way that you can make the big fights and the real fights in boxing is via pay-per-view. Mm. That fight, I don't mind saying it, I think it was a borderline pay-per-view. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was one that maybe could have sat on subscription. Well, actually not because of the financials, but is it pay-per-view? Is it not pay-per-view? And I think that's always a conversation we, should ha we could have. The only way we could make that fight was to make it pay-per-view, and I'm, I'm glad we did. So piracy is a big problem. In the UK, actually, it's becoming a lot more of an unlawful act, mm -hmm. you know, and actually an act that comes with imprisonment mm -hmm. and heavy fines and stuff like that. And I think sports need, need to act on it, really, and need to be mm -hmm. careful because it's only taking the money, actually, out of the fighters' pockets. Mm -hmm. So we've got to do all we can to protect that. There are people... But I think, by the way, the yeah. price point is the, probably the biggest problem yeah. in America. America's become very used to quite an expensive pay-per-view price point. I would actually like to see that price point come down mm -hmm. over time, and I think that would help. I mean, it has in many fights, mm -hmm. but I think that will really help on the piracy. There were people in the building that night live streaming it uh -huh, on yeah. their phone. I was walking past them on my way around mm. the arena, just live streaming the event. So it, it we're, is... We're trying, we're trying to stop that. It's, it's difficult to police. but It's very yeah. difficult to police. It's been that way for years. Um, I want to ask you about Devin and his options domestically and internationally. Last few days, we've seen a lot of back and forth between Devin and Tank Davis on social media. Bill Haney and Calvin Ford hopping on Instagram lives, talking to each other. Um, is that a makeable fight? between Devin Haney and I, Tank Davis. I think with my experience looking at the animosity looking at the backwards and forwards and he said he said this and you said that and this sparring and I'm like, I don't see that fight getting made next in all honesty if it does fantastic it's a great fight but I just feel like there's so much like, well, you don't sell. Well, my tickets are more expensive. Well, I did this pay-per-view. You did that pay-per-view. I mean, I heard someone say Devin deserves 15 or 20% in the pot of that pie. How? I mean, he was the undisputed lightweight champion, moved up, just won the WBC world title. Has he historically sold as big as Tank? No, but he hasn't been around in those big fights as long as Tank. Now, people keep talking about the face of boxing. You have to put Devin Haney up there in that conversation. Mm -hmm. He's 31 and 0. He's a young man, image-wise, you know, from, from a role model standpoint as well. He's everything that we actually need for US boxing. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Is it 50-50? Maybe not. Is it 60-40? Mate, like it's around those numbers. But mm -hmm. I can't see Tank and the team giving Devin that kind of respect at the moment. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Devin Haney, I think what you do is you stay active and you just keep ticking up the value, ticking mm. up the meter. 
being in big fights, beating people. You know, I mean, the Conor Ben one is a, is, a, is a weird fight. But when you start thinking about it, that gives Devin an opportunity maybe to go to the UK, mm. sell out a big arena in the UK. Mm. You know, there's other fights around the world for him. I like the Matias fight as well. I think it's a tough fight. Mm. You've got Tiafimo Lopez, Ryan Garcia, natural fight mm. for Devin Haney. You know, could he go over to, I don't know, Australia and defend against Liam Paro again? Like, he has so many options, Devin Haney. And I think if Bill and Devin remain smart and remain active, I think they're in a wonderful position. Mm. Bill is smart enough to know that outpricing yourself or having an inflated opinion of your value will lead to inactivity, mm. right? Because I've seen it so many times. I'm not fighting for that. You know, I'm worth this. I'm worth that. Next thing, you've been out for a year. Mm-hmm. Like Devin can fight in March. He can fight in the summer. And he can fight in, in the winter. And if mm-hmm. I was Bill and Devin, and we'll, we'll be having these conversations, I'd be mapping out my year now. Mm-hmm. I'd go, right, Ryan Garcia in March. Then we fight Giovante. Or then we fight Tiafimo. Mm-hmm. What a year that would be. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if he won those fights, mm-hmm. he's pound for pound number one. He's the biggest star in the sport by a mile. So he's got time on his side. And Devin and Bill remain very, you know, some of the last remaining, dare I say, sensible people in the game. And when sometimes when I say that, people think, oh, yeah, well, Eddie, you're just trying to get the fighters for, you know, the cheapest you can. Not really. I'm trying to get the fighters for the right price Mm. for the the business and the commercial Mm. business of the fight. That's all. Mm. At least Devin and Bill understand the numbers. They can read a balance sheet. They could like, and it, and not just pull a number from somewhere. And me going, how, <laughs> how? Like Chris, that is the biggest conversation. Like, and it's like, and the problem is now, obviously, with the Middle East influx as well. Sometimes mm. that number that they ask for, they end up getting. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But like on a normal, common sense basis, I can just show you the figures for the show mm. and say, this is how it looks. So what do you want to do? Well, you know, that's ridiculous. Well, it's not ridiculous. How's it ridiculous? <laughs> you know, so most big fights, someone loses money. Mm. Whether it's the promoter, whether it's the broadcaster, never the fighters. Mm. Yeah. But that's just the way the business is. It's a wild game. The Conor Ben is the fight you've been talking about the most over the last few days. How realistic is that? The problem with Conor, I think Conor can go on and, and definitely become a world champion at 147. Obviously, with the experience he's had over the last, well, which won't be far off, two years coming soon. Like, he's also young and fairly inexperienced. He wants to fight Boots Ennis. He wants to fight Devin Haney. He wants to fight Javonta Davis. Mm. But I also feel like he's going to get better and better. So I don't mind him taking a few fights to bridge that gap. But at the same time, he, he realises the paydays that are out there, the opportunities are out there. I don't mind the Devin fight. Like, I, I'm not mad on the Boots fight because I think Boots is a big 147 mm. and I think he might be pound for pound top three already. I think Devin might be pound for pound, but he is a lightweight coming up to 140, coming up to 147, mm. and he's not a massive puncher. Mm. I think that's actually a really, really fun fight. Mm. Um, but I would also, part of me would like to see Connor have one or two before he's in with a Devin or a Boots Ennis. Mm-hmm. You, d- you did not and have not been able to get that Eubank fight over the line. That fight feels snake-bitten at it's this point. Like I mean, weeks ago, it just seemed like the venue was the problem. Then you got that resolved, mm. and now Chris Eubank is moving on Same to thing. some just IBO title fight. Like what? Like, I mean, pulls a number out of the sky, 
And I'm just like, how? Well, it's the biggest fight. You said it's the biggest fight in the history of British boxing. Mm. Mate, I'm a promoter. What do you want me to say? It's not that big a fight. I mean, it is a big fight. But a lot of the times, you know, on pay-per-view upside, you have to back yourself. If you think that, then no problem. You'll, get your, you'll actually hit your number. But we can't put guarantees in for numbers that we might not hit. We know it's a huge pay-per-view. But you can't just have a conversation where you say, well, it, it does a million buys. Mm-hmm. Well, does it? Okay, well, if it does a million buys, congratulations. You're actually going to get more than your number. Mm-hmm. So surely if you back yourself to do a million, we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you've got to pay me up front for the million buys. How? Like, I don't want to do a fight where I lose three or four million dollars. What's the point of that? So Connor signed, Calla was all in, but Chris Eubank Jr. wasn't. And I, it's so frustrating, you know, when you're having a, I'm saying like, what are you going to do? What, what do you mean? Oh, I've got loads of options. No, you haven't. Nowhere near at this kind of money. Like, he's going to end up taking a fight for a quarter of what we offered him mm. against prob- maybe the IBO champion mm. at middleweight. I mean, Conor Bennett is a welterweight. Like, it's just bizarre, but it's like ego, it's stupidity, it's a lack of common sense. But mostly, it's someone in your ear who is a complete clown and has no idea what they're talking about. Welcome to the world of boxing. So next week you're in Saudi Arabia, Day of Reckoning. You can watch that live on DAZN pay-per-view. Um, the reporting this week out of ESPN is that A.J. Wilder is a done deal. Uh, can you comment on any of that? Yeah, it's incorrect. Um, you know, I think when people talk about like um, done deals, a done deal is when you sign the contract. You know, there's terms agreed, and that can stem across the financials. Look, we've agreed financials for this fight about six months ago. Mm-hmm. We never got to sign a contract. And since then, there have been fresh talks, and they're going very well. But there is no fight. There is no contract signed. However, if AJ beats Otto Wilding, and if Deontay Wilder beats Joseph Parker, I do believe we'll get that fight. Now, whether we're in a position to announce that after the fight or whatever, I can't tell you because right now there's conversations. They're not moving like a steam train because we're kind of just, you know, I don't really want to go to AJ at this point. We've been here before, you know, especially before the Andy Ruiz fight. And it's like, mate, just to let you know, here's the, tr- the final draft of the contract. I know you're fighting Otto Wilding in 48 hours, but don't worry about that. Have a, have a little route. Can I sit down with you and go through these terms? But we've also got AJ's blessing to make the fight and to do what's right by him. So I want to kind of keep that removed from him, but also plan his career with, with 258, his management company. And I do believe if both fighters win, I do believe you'll see that fight in the spring. How anxious are you going into this fight against Otto Wallin, who's a very credible guy, yeah, you know, gave Tyson anxious. Fury a tough I mean, fight and has been active over the course of the last year, year and a half. I was anxious when AJ boxed Jermaine Franklin. I was anxious when AJ boxed Robert Hellanius. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. And you know that Otto's full of confidence. He's talking very well. He's an accomplished fighter. He's coming off a big win against Gassiev in Russia. It's a southpaw. He's tricky. It's six weeks prep. I mean, it's all like, you know, you start to, but I'm getting fantastic feedback from the camp, mm. you know. And um, if AJ does what he's been doing and AJ believes in himself and AJ's aggressive, mm. he'll knock Otto Wilding out. Mm. And I think it'll be a major statement. You... This event in Saudi Arabia is going to be very lucrative for Anthony Joshua, lucrative, I'm sure, for Matchroom, for the fighters that are involved. How do you navigate, though, fighters that want to fight in Saudi but 
there aren't dates in Saudi. He want the Saudi money and don't yeah. want to settle for the money that might be somewhere else. I don't think, and, and this might be contrary to the, the, you know, the vision of His Excellency, I, I don't see there being you know, 10, 12 shows a year there. I see it working around the weather, the tourism, the seasons, you know, the Riyadh season, etc. And I think what I've noticed about sport in Saudi is you have to understand, these guys are huge fans. You know, his excellency who gets a lot of name drops because he is doing amazing things, but also he's actually a hardcore fight fan. Mm-hmm. All right? To put it into perspective, when you see people like Jai Apatire on the card, he watched Jai Apatire's last fight and went, I love it. You know, he's great. Let's bring him to Saudi. There's not necessarily like, and I think there will be a more ad- advanced plan for boxing. But right now, it just feels to me like they just want to bring their perception of the best fighters and the most entertaining fighters to the kingdom. So I don't think you're going to see super featherweight world championships. And, you know, like, like, I mean, you may do on the undercards, but I don't think fighters should hedge their bets mm. to sit out for a year and hope that they're going to get a phone call. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think they're going to be in the market for the big fights. They're going to be a market for the big names. Mm. And every now and again, someone's going to get lucky because someone watched someone who they think's great mm. and entertain him. <laughs> so it's a pretty wild world. Mm. Um, but, you know, you look at the fight. I mean, that card, you could have lost four fights off that card. Easy, right? <laughs> and probably saved yourself several million on the... But, you know, there's some random stuff mm. and there's some incredible stuff and then there's huge names. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's amazing to be a part of. It really is. All right, let's talk about Sonny Edwards, Bam Rodriguez uh, on Saturday. Not for the ring title yeah, as we I, record. I actually sided with you last night when, you know, I, I read the transcript yeah. that Doug Fisher posted out there. I get some of the arguments, but it's very clear that this is number one versus yeah, number two in the flyweight division. I love the ring magazine belt. And the, what I love about the ring magazine belt, first is there's no sanction fees, mm-hmm. but also there's no politics, yeah. right? So I get rules. But for me, rules are in place with governing bodies so that other people are protected, mm-hmm. right? So it's a vacant belt, number one, right? Julio Cesar Martinez is not fighting. Mm-hmm. He's not going to fight anytime soon. He's not going to fight anybody. You had so, to have laughed a little bit when Julio Cesar Martinez bowed out I'm yet not, again. About I know. So therefore, You've experienced that. He's not in the running to fight for the title, right? There is not one person in the world who doesn't think this is 1v2. No one. You could ask any fight fan in the world. That's the frustrating thing because what they're saying is, yeah, but who has Bam beaten at flyweight? And it's like, well, he just beat the number one in the WBO, who's actually better than anybody Julio Cesar Martinez has beat in the last three years. I don't know, right? But also, he's beaten Rungvisai. He's beaten Quadras. Yeah, but that was up at Super Feather. But they're all like they're all boxed at flyweights. Bam's a light flyweight coming up to Super Flyweight, and I just like people have got to stop being so anal. Excuse my French. Like it's, okay. it's like not who cares, but like guys, and that's what's so frustrating. I'm still hoping sitting here that they are going to message me and go just to let you know we all got on the phone and we said. You're, you know, you're right. But they can't do that now because it's like, oh, Eddie Hearn's worn you down and you've made a decision against the committee. Martinez's like, exit gives them a little bit I, of... But that's why I went yeah, back. Yeah. That's why I went back because I, I've been turned down twice. I went back last week for another go. 
and they turned me down again right and, and this was my excuse to go guys and I'd, I like to get it into the forums and I, I like to see the support and the support was massive like if you read the hundreds of comments it was like there wasn't one going there was a few saying I get the rules but come on <laughs> so as we sit here at 11.51am on weighing day I'm waiting for Doug Fisher to go <laughs> great news Eddie you got it we, we, we hope I so doubt this, this fight do you have a read on it at all? I mean, Sonny is such an excellent boxer. Bam is such an excellent boxer puncher. I can see Sonny winning 11-1. to 1. Yeah. I can see Bam getting a stoppage yeah, in the I sixth know. round. Yeah. There's so many variations I can see. How do you see it? Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, you know, we were just talking before we started about like the mind games that, that Sonny plays and the confidence that he breeds. Like... That can have an effect on you. Now, will it have an effect on Bam? Maybe not. Mm. But the problem in this kind of fight is, is if you start, sulking's the wrong word. If, if you come into this fight frustrated and angry and you get six rounds in and you're punching air and you can't cut this guy off and you're losing rounds, the head can go down very quickly, mm -hmm. right? And before you know it, you're in round 10 and 11. I mean, it's a bit like with Regis last week. You kind of felt like that period between like, seven and 11 was like you've got to do something you're losing every round but it was like momentum head goes down oh every time you try and make a move or try and faint you're getting three or four and it's like oh and i can see that but i can also see bam being good enough to cut the ring off to work the body to slow him down so the only thing i don't see is a sunny edwards victory by stoppage yeah and listen, I do think he punches harder than people think, but if I'm bamming this fight, I'm starting this fight mm. at a red-hot mm. pace. You cannot afford to be four or five. You get to five, six rounds against Sonny Edwards mm. and you're four or five down. Mate, it's, it's a long, long road back. And, and for some reason, Sonny tends to slow down in those middle late rounds. Look at the Felix Alvarado fight. Mm. I thought he was going to win 12-zip mm. after the sixth round of that fight. Kind of got caught in those middle rounds, pressed against the ropes. That's the kind of thing Bam's got to take advantage but of. But also, if you're Sonny, like he talks a lot about the judges and stuff like that. The reality is he's he talked a lot about yeah, the but his style, right, is mm. not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Mm. And it's impossible to select judges or to, you know, to say, oh, this judge likes this. Mm. Like, you've got to look at fights like, I mean, I know it's a lower profile fight, but even like Maylene Rivas against Erica Cruz, mm -hmm. right? Maylene Rivas won that fight. Mm. But Cruz pushed the action every single... And as the rounds went on, Rivas was doing so little, Cruz weren't even landing. Mm -hmm. But she was throwing shoulders, arms, like hitting around the bot, like, And, and you, you've got to be really careful. If you're not active enough with Sonny's style, don't be surprised mm -hmm. and don't moan when it's a close fight and someone says, this guy forced the fight. Mm -hmm. This guy was the pressure fight. This guy threw a punch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like... People talk about punches landed. There's also a lot to be said about punches thrown, mm -hmm. right? Doesn't have to always land clean. But if in the eye of a judge, someone that's active, someone that's throwing, someone that's trying to win the fight, it's dangerous mm -hmm. when you're fighting that other style. Last thing for you. Um, you've been talking about Katie Taylor's next fight. You've been kind of focused on making the third fight against Chantel Cameron. I was talking to Jake Paul this week prior to his fight on Friday. And I, look, I asked him, I said, look, it sure sounds to me like the rematch between Amanda and Katie 
is, if not dead, on life support. Um, Jake's response was, it's Eddie Hearn's fault, basically. Like, give, you know, basically, give us an offer, give us a date, yeah. we'll sign, and we'll do well, it. Well, I mean, that's the, the most that's completely absurd. Like, give us an offer, we'll sign. Of course they won't. You know, they want an amount of money for that fight. Again, it's the same thing that we talked about earlier. We've got our opinion of what that purse is worth. They've got their opinion. And if we can reach a middle ground, we'll make the fight. You know, people talk about 12 threes. The fight is for the undisputed lightweight world championship. The WBC have their rules. It's 10 twos, right? I don't care if it's 10 twos, 12 threes, 15 threes. It doesn't really matter. But the rules to make this fight undisputed is 10 twos. And that's what it'll be. So if she's not prepared to fight 10 twos, which she's already said she's not because she's vacated her own title, we, we can't make the fight. I'm not making this fight and not having it undisputed. We'll lose our belt if we don't put the WBC title on the line. So that, firstly, that's that. So if you tell us you're never fighting 10 twos again, no problem, you won't be fighting Katie Taylor for the undisputed lightweight world championship. If we can overcome that, then we talk money. Amanda Serrano is a fantastic fighter. She's a legend of, of women's boxing, and it's a fantastic opponent for Katie Taylor's next fight outdoors in Ireland. So I'm sure we will at some point speak to Nikisa and try and see if there's some middle ground to make that fight. All right, Eddie, good luck on Saturday. Cheers, mate. And when we come back, my conversation with Sonny Edwards. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Sonny Edwards is here, 112-pound champion, fresh off the press conference. You can still hear the noise from the press conference out there. That something triggered you during that press conference. Something Bam said, something was going because that it has been largely a respectful-ish promotion. It was more. It, it's more stuff he's been saying outside. Yeah, I'm reactive and I deal with people in front of me. He was being very cool. I Every time I see him, I make a beeline for him and I shake his hand, shake his hand, shake his hand. Even in the desert, shake his hand, shake his hand, shake his hand. Shake his hand. And then yesterday was different. They walked past. I tried letting on to them like, like I weren't there, like I was a ghost. They all like, uh, 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 walked past. I, I was on the way to a, a wake up. Pardon me. But I'm also hearing that he's telling people in interview form, uh, I don't think Sonny's sure of himself. He, you know, one minute he's saying stuff, one minute he's okay. Me just having a little buzz on Twitter to get people excited and say, hey, someone told Bam I'm gonna beat his ass and that his trainer looks like the fat kid from Up. Like that's just me having like a little bit of banter. Like that's light-hearted, I think. That's more for the fans. That's not nothing personal, yeah. But then when he wants to say, ah, oh, you know, he says a lot online, but not say nothing personal. Are you crazy? I will come up in your face, get up in your grill. We can have it right now because where I'm from, that's how we deal with things. He's clearly not that way. Maybe because he's from an open carry state, and you know what I mean. They they hold their mouth a little bit more. But where I'm from, yeah, we get we get cracking at any given moment's notice. I'm not scared of no man. No man on this earth puts fear into me, let alone someone that's five foot three and weighs the same as mm. me. Do you understand? So that was already triggering. And then you know what? They lie. They lie about things like Robert Garcia has not come here only because he doesn't want to hear what I have to say. He didn't come last time. They build the thing. So they're trying to keep everything very subdued. Mm -hmm. They're trying to keep everything very quiet. They're trying to make sure this event no one's ever heard of it, where like, that's disrespectful. You got mm -hmm. me all the way over here and you're not even trying to like promote the fight. Mm -hmm. Like it's been on totally onto me to do any sort of promotion. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they had, uh, 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 a public meet and greet and either one of two things happened at O'Reilly's Auto Parts last week either Bam turned up and no one else turned up yeah because there weren't not one picture there weren't not one post there weren't not one nothing not on the stories of them not on the stories of anyone yeah or <laughs> he turned up and no one turned up or he refused to do another media so it was one of the two he said he was there so I guess no one turned up <laughs> you've then, you been waiting I mean? a long time for this particular opportunity to get a unification fight to get a big fight to headline a major fight even here uh, in the U.S., what, what's kind of your energy like right now? Because you've been active on Twitter, you know, since you really you got to the U.S., you're attacking Snack, his his uh, conditioning program. You yeah, know, we know about conference. that. We know what that means. Like Javon Davies said yesterday, let's get this shit out of boxing, man, because it's bad for it. people getting away of all sorts, man, mm. trying to get away of legalized murder. But the difference with me is I don't fight with my body. Mm. I fight with my mind. And that's the problem. They can prepare their body all they want, yeah. But when he's got a weak, feeble, fragile mind, like he's clearly got, okay, he's the quietest man. All I had to do was say one or two things, and I had him. I had him. He was there for 15 minutes still looking at me like, that's that's my domain. You were sitting over there away from your family a minute ago, bro. <laughs> now I'm dragging you out. I'm dragging you out. See, if I wanted to do that, I could have done that at any given time. But me, I don't agree when people are saying, oh, Sonny's good at mind games, because it's not mind games. I'm just me. Like, this is me. I'm confident. I'll go off in front of anyone if it's if they give me a reason to. Mm -hmm. Like, this is how we are. Like, you didn't. You only had to look at what was going off in the background, and our team was involved. Like, we are not scared of no one. 
We're not bullies. We're not, but we stand our ground and we firm it mm. against anyone, anyone on this earth. Mm. You said just moments ago when you were up on stage that you know you you're going to win nine, ten rounds clean. Like, why are you so confident that you're going to be able to do that against a guy like this? Because when I stand in front of them, control the range as they come forward to do anything, edge back and encounter the adjustment. Mm. Boring for the fans. Very easy to score mm. and very easy for me to do. So when I want to do that, I can do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. I usually count seven, eight, nine rounds where I've done that. And then I disguise the action and closeness and that they had a bit of success in making them work on my arms, making them... Fr- I was standing in the corner for a whole round. Mm-hmm. against the biggest puncher in the division. Highest knockout ratio ever at Flyway. And, and I was standing and letting throw. Because I'm, I'm, I actually like to have a fight. Mm-hmm. If you come down and watch me spar every single fight, every single sparring camp, you will not recognize me as a fighter. Mm. I promise you, like, you wouldn't. But when I get here, I know it's more about entertaining, but at the same time, what affects my life is winning or losing. Mm-hmm. And that makes winning very easy for me. So what happens in those moments? Because I've watched probably your last half dozen fights um, in the last couple of days. When you're on the move and you're sticking and moving, you're almost impossible like to your I'm point, impossible to hit you're impossible to hit in if I don't care about clean, my success these rounds are cleanly yeah. scored for you then but I can't do 12 of those I can okay. but if I do 12 of those it gets boring so I'll do is that what you're worried about coming in this fight because no, this is no okay and this is one of those fights like my Maruti fight that I wasn't worried about that yeah. and then obviously that was our master class and I've done this and trust me no matter what anyone says yeah Maruti is the hardest ring I've ever been in mm-hmm. ever not just uh, competing as professional. I'm talking any sort of sparring. I'm sort of like anything. Yeah, Maruti was a fantastic fighter with a very good engine and very good with his feet at closing down. He was like the best onward front foot pressure, mm-hmm. not giving you a time to react or recover. That was my first 12 round world title fight. Mm-hmm. I did that, and that gave me such a boost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when people want to try and discredit that win against a legitimate, the world number one, 13 years unbeaten, top, 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 most avoided fighter, no one wanted to unify against him fighter like for me it's laughable because i know what ring i was in that night and i haven't been in one since and i hadn't been in one before do you know what i mean and i've seen bam going forward and he is not a marie he hasn't got that same grinding don't put a step wrong constantly cutting off the ring at a good slow rhythmic pace where you don't have a time to rest because as soon as you're out he's already on the, the, the encroach and he's already on the approach and he gets there in a way where he's always ready to throw and it's hard to hit him even in between and i've done it against him when i was a boy i was 25 i'm 27 turning on 28 now and now i've got more confidence more belief more strength more maturity and i'm an animal now mm. people don't realize if i'm getting told suddenly go and knock him out i can do that as well do you like, think this is going to be an easy fight i don't think it's going to be an easy fight because he's a good fighter like and he's got uh, uh uh the most prolific cheaters behind him giving him his nutrition advice so it should be a fucking treacherous fight it should be but i'm that good and i'm that clever and i'm that astute and i got that quick enough reactions and i make the right decision every time in that instinctive moment mm-hmm. like yeah, it won't be easy. Mm-hmm. No fight's easy. I can have 12 rounds against a, uh, a bomb and it's still not easy. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard on the body. Do you know what I mean? But 
It's a fight that I'm very, very comfortable with. A fight that I'm very, very confident in. A fight that I wanted and made happen. And he's trying to say, oh, I wanted this. I quoted. No, you did none of those things. Mm-hmm. Because the man in between us knows you're lying. Do you know what I mean? The man in between us knows that I'd agreed for months. Mm-hmm. And we was on and on and on. And then we sat there in a Viano the same day that he promised me those basketball tickets they had to cough up out for, yeah? All I'm saying is he was telling me what their side was saying. And he was looking at Super Flyweight. They didn't want to fight you. They're going to have to offer more money they're trying to make him they're putting this as the only option because it's what the zone wanted and yada 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 i remember they didn't want to be here when i saw you in orlando one of the things you said to me was like i need my basketball tickets and then you did see and he'd already agreed but what happened was uh hopefully eddie's not listening in (laughs) what what happened was yeah they was meant to do the fighting Right, this at show the other at arena. that arena. Yeah, yeah. So then, when they didn't, yeah, it became a much harder conversation yeah. to have. Saying, "Oh, can we get a couple of free tickets?" Yeah. So they weren't free. They were uh, uh, either a stipulation or, or, or very expensive. Well, you were at uh, you but were at an there. event that is now being talked about when Draymond Green punched. Yeah, I was there. And then they and they, and they I don't know. Was he ex- rejected? Uh, ejected he in the second the or third quarter? Third quarter yeah. Okay, yeah. So just before they announced me to the uh, to the arena, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was it was a, it was a big experience. All my friends were there. Um, me and Janae sat right right at the front, and yeah, it was it was a fantastic experience. Even getting recognised and asked for pictures, and I got home, people were messaging me like, "Yo, I'm at the game champ. Can we come get a picture?" Didn't see them, but yeah, it was big. It was like it was. What it needed to be, and like I said, I didn't want more money to fight in America. I didn't care where it was. Eddie, that's on you. But if we're fighting in America, I want the local team game, Mm -hmm. whichever one's there. And it just happened to be the Suns versus Golden State, which which weren't a bad game to watch. Got to see Steph Curry in the flesh, you know what I mean? But... You know what I mean? It came for came for Steph and and stayed for Booker. You know what I mean? As, <laughs> as Janae said, I don't want to make out I coined that one. Yeah, man, it was it was it was it was good, man. It was a real good experience. Something I feel like I deserve. Mm. I'll be wrong. Last question for you: um, What are you concerned about in a fight like this? When you look at Bam Rodriguez and you study him, is there anything that the judges being fair? I mean, that's a legit. Like I, I it sucks to even say that, but it the is. Judges being fair. It is, but legit. at the same time. I don't know. It depends. It depends who starts pulling the strings, or it allegedly, if it happens. I don't know. I think I'm better for boxing. I think I'm better for the profile of the fights. I think this fight's only been made anything what it is because of me. I think if this was a Rodriguez against someone else, like it would just be the same as what it's always been. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Rodriguez is a good fighter, but no one really cares. I think we've doubled up the attendance of his last um, of his last home fight, and I guarantee if we had this fight in the UK, we'd have been bigger. Mm-hmm. We'd have sold out Sheffield Arena. I know for a fact we would have. Mm-hmm. I did four, five thousand on my own with no promoter, with no promotion, with an opponent that no one had ever heard of. Yeah, with an undercard that didn't have big ticket sellers on it. Had the three fighters I managed that sold about 200 tickets between them. Mm-hmm. So I know this fight would have been bigger. So they've probably done a, 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 a misjustice, really, to the event, putting it where they put it. But like I said, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care. I'll fight him. I'm not coming to Arizona or fighting him in, in mm-hmm. America. I'm fighting in a boxing ring. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting in, in a 20-foot ring, just like I've always been. And I don't care. I've always wanted boxing to take me around the world because of... You know how the sort of amateur setup was uh, done, and there was their favourites, and that they're still training today, etc., etc. That I'm on the card now um, because of all of that. I didn't get my my dream of travelling to the Olympics and winning gold and that and etc. There, but now I use my world title to take me around. I fought in Dubai, I fought here, I fought in Spain, and I'll keep continuing to go wherever the event is deemed biggest. I'm not a promoter; I'm a boxer. I'm one of the best boxers in the world at that. So. I'll be here for a very, very long time to come. 
I'll be boxing until my body gives way. Mm. And after that, I'll be using my position I'm already earning as a manager with fighters. I've got champions. I've got prospects signed up to this very uh, uh, company mm -hmm. in, in, in my stable. And then I'll be training fighters and developing fighters and commentating the shows mm. next to you and pundit punditry in the show. So I'm going to be here for a very, 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 very long time. So maybe that will pay some test and pay uh, uh, some benefit when it comes to the judges if that is how it goes. Mm. But... Now look, I don't care. I, my my identity will never be made or broken by one fight or the decision of three old men scoring a fight. Like I'm not f like, believe it or not, I'm not mentally that fragile. I know I'm a great fighter. I know I've taken 18 years of hard work and dedication to get here, and I know this is all I want. Regardless, I don't have to just be the champ and just be the man and be undefeated to be happy and, and exist in boxing. Like. I want to be a part of events that people care about and I want to be able to, when I want to get back in camp, oh, when we're fighting again, when we're going to go earn money and when we're going to go do this, okay, then, boom, and we're going to keep going and going and going. I'm 27, about to turn 28. I've got years left in this game. Unlike Bam, whose brother retired at 27 and, and, and Bam, who will probably retire after I beat him, like, they don't love this game. They don't love what it is. Look, where are they now? At home making weight already, like I said. I don't know why you're staying on the stage for too long. Like You've got some weight to shift, fat boy. Go back into the gym with your sweatsuit on. So I'm here, like I always have been, enjoying myself, smiling, engaging with the fans, speaking to people, being human. I don't think I'm no superstar. I don't think I'm nothing special just because I can fight a lot, 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 lot better than the average human being. Do you know what I mean? It's... I just love it. I've, I, I experience so much gratitude in my day to day that I'm 27. I've got two beautiful kids that I can provide for in a, in a in a great way and make them proud of me. And I'm doing it all doing something that I've loved doing since I was a kid. I've never done anything else. I never had a job. Okay, I went to university. I got all my uh, qualifications and that. But I'm blessed that all I have to do, train in the gym for one or two hours a day, go home, sit around and chill, wait for fight night to come up, get in the ring put on a show and then go and enjoy myself again like my life is so great you couldn't take this away from me you understand <laughs> well good luck on saturday sonny looking forward to it thank you Chris. that's it for this week's episode my thanks to eddie hearn and sonny edwards for joining the show as always subscribe rate review this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you download podcasts and i'll see you next week it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, 
It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.